Are you tired of hearing mental health from a superficial view and want to hear about realistic views? Well, you come to the right place, a space where healing is central, but also normalized. Your hosts, Donika and Myra, who are in the mental health field, will explore topics to help promote healing in your everyday life. Through our podcast, you will get the real and the work to focus on your healing. Welcome to Black Women Healing Podcast. to Black Women's Healing Pod. Um, as you can hear, I'm everywhere uh, because it's kind of what everything is going on right now. It seems a little everywhere, but we're going to continue with our guests because we think that these topics are really important and we want to stay connected with you all. So today's guest is Shaquilla Hamilton. Um, and before we go over her bio, um, Myra's going to start with the question, uh, a discussion question. Okay. So my discussion question is, what is something that you absolutely have to do? Like it's a chore, but you hate doing it and why? Uh, ooh. <laughs> my first instinct on that is to go to work. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's what like my absolute chore, yeah. To In the morning when my alarm clock goes off and it's like, I got to get up and leave my house to go make some money. I'm just like, that's, that's ghetto. Yeah. Um, shoot. I can agree. I think sometimes people be like, well, you do what you love to do. You like it, but it's still, like you said, it's ghetto. Nobody like, you know, want to have to do it to survive literally exactly it's like it's different when it's a choice but my and my biggest thing too is if I could work from my bed or from my house that's different but when I got to get up and get dressed and drive 30 minutes like that's extra now I'm not really interested <laughs> yeah what about you Myra uh this is a hard question I don't even know why I asked this um <laughs> 
I think anything that has to do with adulting, I feel like I hate doing. So I'm just like, I don't like this hood. Like, this is horrible. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to think in particular. Um, I don't know. I, I agree. The paying the pain bills thing is, is mm-hmm. out for me. Mm. It's, it's just, it's out. Uh, it just seems like another bill keeps getting added, and I just, I just can't. I just can't. Mm-hmm. But it's something we have to do. Mm-hmm. So, which is actually interesting that we're all talking about, you know, finances and like working, because that's for sure the topic for today. So today we'll be discussing Black Women in Financial Healing with Shaquilla Hamilton, and I'm going to go ahead and introduce her officially. So Shaquilla Mariah is a wealth specialist and credit score improvement master. Born and raised in the small town of, you might get mad at me if I butcher this, Thibodeau, 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 oh, <laughs> Louisiana. Shaquilla is the middle child of three and was born with the will to win and a heart to help. A graduate of Louisiana State University, she went on to pursue a career dedicated to educating the community on the importance of understanding credit and the tricks of the trades to generational wealth building. Currently residing in Atlanta, Georgia, she is the founder and CEO of the rapidly rising credit restoration company, King Carter Financials. Her mission is to motivate the masses and empower minorities with the tools and education needed to achieve excellence. She believes that the most powerful tool one could have is knowledge and that the only thing greater is knowledge applied. She is also a published author, board certified credit restoration master, wealth specialist, motivational speaker, financial consultant, investor, serial entrepreneur, and change agent. Her motto, her motto is simple. Through it all, all that one needs to be to succeed in life are three things. God goes grind. Yes, bye. Oh. <laughs> that, you know, that's a, it's a lot going on and I think you you just sound like you are doing it. So mm-hmm. can you tell us a little bit more about Shaquilla, you, and how'd you become interested in overall finances? Whew, that's, yeah. Shaquilla is a lot to unpack. So, um, but yeah, I'm born and raised from Thibodeau, uh, middle child of three. So, you know, those who are middle children, you already know that that already, like, I think breeds us with a little bit more of a fight than the average. Um, I, I became interested in finances based off of my own struggle, you know? Um, I worked two jobs during my time at LSU, trying to pay my way through college. I would work retail at night and I was waiting tables in the morning and in between classes and everything else. And so it was like having to do that and then be full-time in school and try to still like breathe. You just kind of feel like there's got to be more to life than this. Like there's gotta be more. Like I can't, I wasn't born to wake up and spend all day on my feet, ripping and running around just to survive. Um, but it was like, I was always aware of my financial circumstances, but I was always a, also a firm believer that my current situation is not my final destination. So mm. because I'm going through it now, that's not my forever. And so it's just like, we see people with the big houses and the nice cars and, you know, six car garage and all those other things. And they had to do something to get there. And I always wanted to be there. So I just had to revert and figure out what are those steps to get there. And and once I started doing my research and teaching myself, then it was almost like I, almost like I had the, the what is it, the Krabby Patty secret formula. 
And it was like, ah, <laughs> this is how they did it, right? This is where they put their focus at. And this is where they put their funds at. And it was like, well, why nobody taught me this in high school or even in college? Like, why do we not know this mm-hmm. information? And mm-hmm. so that, like, immediately I felt like I got to be able to share this. Like, I'm fixing my own credit. And it's like, I need to be able to help other people or at least teach them how to do it themselves or, you know, investing basics and things like that. It was just because I didn't know. And the fact that I had to go to, uh, go to what is it, uh, Google University and, uh, you know, and the YouTube Academy, I had to graduate from those. It was like, nah, they got to be an easier way for me to get this information out to other people. Absolutely. Yes. So how did you hear about Black Women Healing Pod and what prompted you to want to be a guest? Oh, well, I'm, I'm on podcasts all the time in terms of like listening to them. Uh, I like, I am a firm believer of um, what you feed your mind, right? So I came across the Black Women Healing Pod simply by searching channels on my, on my um, Apple uh, podcast app, just going through different things and listening. I like to get like the up and coming ones because uh, or even some of the big ones, just to get different perspectives on things. Mm-hmm. And um, I started listening to the first few episodes, and I just love what y'all stood for in terms of mm-hmm. understanding the African American female's experience and how to navigate it in a healthy and positive manner. Mm-hmm. And y'all had a lot of great talking points, and one that I felt what the reason why I um, reached out to be a speaker was I feel like one negative that we don't talk about enough sometimes is finances and how that impacts us emotionally and in everything else and how sometimes we have to heal financially yeah are there any other podcasts that you listen to regarding finances that you would suggest for our listeners oh i can go on forever um top three i (laughs) i love bigger pockets because i mean i'm very interested in um real estate and I think that's just one of the fastest ways and, and the uh, most prominent ways to build wealth okay. and to stack money. So I love bigger pockets. Um Millionaire's Mindset. Uh I listen to Dave Ramsey. Um I like some of his principles. I'm not a diehard Dave Ramsey fan, but I like some of his principles. So I got a you know, it's a it's a long list. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's good. But it's like the FI guys and stuff like that. So yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm so glad I'm so glad that you listen to our podcast. Like my heart smiles anytime I hear anybody like listens to it. But in, in the fact that you found it just like on a general search, that makes me even more like, okay, I wonder if other people are just able to find it, not through like our social media links or any stuff right. like that. So that is huge. And I'm so glad you like it. And I'm so glad you're here on this topic today. Um Sorry, I just had to say that. Go ahead, Myra. (laughs) (laughs) Today, we'll be focusing on financial healing. So what is, we've been hearing a lot of folks talk about what it means to be financially free. Um, What would you say that even means? So I can't necessarily define financially free. And that's just me personally, because I think that freedom itself is, um, it's it's defined by each individual, right? Mm-hmm. So what, what you deem as free, I may see differently. Mm-hmm. And the same thing is financial, you know. Some people may feel like financially freedom, financially free to them is uh, a six-car garage, an eight-bedroom house with four and a half baths. You got a pool in the back, girl. You got to mm-hmm. uh, somebody come cut your lawn for you twice a week, like mm-hmm. things like somebody else might feel like that's excessive. Like they don't want all of that. They don't need, they just want enough to where they work, they, they 40 hours because they enjoy their job. They want to be able to get off and take their kids to the park 
or be at functions on the weekends and not have to worry about getting somebody to cover their shift. And so for them, if they could just have something that provides that for them and they got a healthy savings account, a nice 401k and their home is, you know, paid off or they're making it, they're happy and they're free because they have their time freedom. So I think it just depends from person to person on um, what freedom is to you and what your, your personal wants are. Yeah, most right. definitely. Yeah, and I think that I know for sure it helps with me because I do. I hear it a lot where people are like, "Yeah, working on financial freedom." And I'm like, "What is that? Like, you know, like what does that mean?" But now you kind of breaking it down, like you're saying, it's 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 subjective. It's for that person, so it can mean what that person wants it to mean, really. Mm-hmm. Um, can you name the top three reasons that you think Black women struggle with money management? Ooh. Yes. So. Uh, what I think are the top three reasons that black women struggle with money management is usually generational practices that are passed down, keeping up with the Kardashians, and then buying love, right? So um, a lot of what we know to do, our habits and how we cook, how we spend, how we live, come from what we saw our parents do. And they learn from what they saw their parents do. So it's just basically, like I said, the generational practices, like we watched our mom maybe struggle in certain ways, or she would put money in the shoebox, you know, grandmama put money in the shoebox under her bed, she didn't trust the banks, you know, and it's things like that. And it's like, you know, even if you don't trust the banks, there are other ways that you can put your money aside that would help that money grow, invested in in different ways, but they didn't, tr- they didn't trust the markets. So it's just, we don't necessarily know why they did it. We just know what my mama did it this way. She did it that way, so I do it that way, too. Uh, I said uh, keeping up with the Kardashians because a lot of times, especially, it's 2020, and we in the social media era hard. So we watching what everybody online has, how they spending, what they eating, what they wearing. Um, Everybody has Michael Kors, Gucci. They going out on the weekends, you know, taking these cruises now I mean the prices have dropped severely now but everybody's always overseas but what they fail to tell you is that they may be living on government assistance mm-hmm. right so you know it's easy for you to travel when you pay $50 a month in, mm. in rent right as opposed to somebody else who pays $9.50 and we trying to wonder why we miserable now because we comparing our lives and so it's like okay well I gotta dip into my savings to try to keep up with this person or make myself look like I'm living and we don't have the full story Exactly. Uh, and then the third one uh, was buying love and, and I had a conversation with my best friend about that and we were talking about trading presents for presents right so I'm going to buy you things in order for you to stay in my life I'm going to you know if I get him this new watch or these J's that just came out and things like that he'll love me more we, we and sometimes we equate material things and spending money to affection and that's not necessary that's not what real love is but you know it's what we see and it's what we think we have to do in order to keep a man in our life those are all super <laughs> strong like things that I can think of that I know of black women around me who most definitely struggle with money management because of these things you just kind of name I think the one right now that's most resonant most relevant that I can think of <laughs> is for sure like the the keeping up with the Kardashians piece I think with the social media like every you know like you just see people's like stunt and like you know people stunt and trend you know on social media with uh what's I'm trying to think of one of the brands. 
like the Gucci belts, like people was really into the Gucci belts. Um, <sighs> like they didn't have on nothing, nothing else Gucci, nothing else whatever. It's just you can it be Walmart with Gucci, like. <laughs> Like you, or like you really the song say, you're talking about Gucci flip flops, and it's like that's come on now, really? Do you need Gucci flip flops? <laughs> Do you? But really wanting to keep up with the trends and like kind of fit in with what's going on versus, um, you know, not not letting it affect you, which I think that's hard too. I can understand that. Um, so yeah, that's the one I think I see for sure. What do, what you think, Amira, about these three things? I think definitely the Gucci belts and definitely the Gucci. Now it's like the quilted Gucci bag. Like everybody has to have that bag. <laughs> so like I see it everywhere. But the taking trips is also a thing too. Like I see people like going on all these trips and then it's like when you know some of the people, it's like, come on now. Let's That's make what I'm saying. When you, when you remove the red, the, you know, the, the, the uh, carpet. Uh, then it's like seeing, okay, yeah, you have a Gucci purse, and I'm I'm trying to keep up with you, not knowing that you bought yours out somebody trunk, right? So yours not even real. I'm going to spend five, six hundred dollars or a thousand dollars or whatever for the one that you spent forty dollars for. Exactly right. <laughs> I don't even think about that part. <laughs> That's a good point. Um, can you give us an example of how you've been able to change poor financial decisions and make better choices and kind of tell about like the road? Cause I'm sure it was hard. So tell us about that. Okay. Yes. Um, uh, okay. So I got to put my flaws out there. All right. So my poor financial habit for me is my relationship with food. Um, I live alone, so I don't really cook often. To me, I just always thought that it was like, I'm not gonna make a full pot or a food or, you know, for just myself. And so I fast food it. I go out to eat, I go to takeout, Uber Eats, this, that, the third. And I'm swiping my card, not even thinking about it. And it, it's, it's, it seems like it's nothing until, you know, you realize how much it actually adds up. Um, there's this app called Personal Capital that I ended up downloading. And some people have what's called, like net.com has an app too. And what they do is they link it to your bank account and they can track your spending habits. They can say, ah, you swiped your car at this many places. They put it in a pie chart for you. I was real offended when I saw the pie chart. <laughs> they put it in a pie chart for you and everything and tell you. And they told me I had spent $260 on food, not including groceries. I had already spent $260 on food and it was only the fifth day of the month. I was like, whoa. <laughs> exactly right so I, I i was like ouch y'all ain't had to you know out me like that you ain't had to put my business in the streets but you know <laughs> that was my wake-up call because i'm like it's day five right you know most people rent due by the fifth that's 260 dollars that could have went towards rent or could have went towards mortgage or could have went towards light bill phone bill mm -hmm. whatever the case may be and it wasn't even they, they tell you nine nine groceries so I'm like, I didn't even buy productive things. I didn't buy fruit and vegetables with this. <laughs> I went out to eat with my friends and decided I wanted an appetizer and dessert. Or we went out to dinner and I opened up a tab and was like, yeah, I have a long, and, you know, I'm getting follow-up drinks um, <laughs> instead of just getting the water to go in my meal and being a, a Coke or something. And it, yeah, that opened up my eyes and it was still painful to have to make that change. But yeah. I went on to, um, I had to make it fun for myself. I had to make it a game. So I had to pack lunch, which I always use the excuse that I don't have time to cook, so I don't have time to pack lunch. But I had to like get up earlier or spend an extra hour at night before I go to bed, make sure I put my container in the refrigerator. Um, and then I had to like make a game out of it and what I call no spend days. 
So I would see how many days in a row I can go without spending money. And that's on anything. Like I, it would make me have to check myself and ask myself, do I really need this, right? You know, do I really need this? Because I already went three days without swiping my card. So am I about to mess up my streak to buy a, a pack of ink pens or, you know, some, whatever, because I'm thirsty and I just can't wait till I get home and get a bottle of water. I just have to buy something to drink right now. I'm not going to mess up that, that trend that I'm on. Uh, so that was my eye-opening moment. Got it. So, <clears throat> so the food piece was what it was, right? Yes. That was the biggest thing, the food. Yes. And would you say that, one, it was hard accepting that it was food for you? And then, like, was it really hard to change? Uh, yes, it was hard to accept that I spent that much on food because it was like, y'all, y'all kidding, right? This can't be right. Um, I'm really looking at the calculations and I'm going, uh, no, that's me. Like I'm scrolling through my, my capital one app. Like, yeah, that was me. That was me. I did that one. And so it was like, okay. Then I had to reevaluate my relationship, not just financially with food, but emotionally and mentally and things like that. Like, why am I snacking so much? Why do I feel the need to spend so much on this, that, the third? Um, am I eating because I'm bored? Am I eating because I'm stressed out? Am I eating because, you know, oh, I'm just looking for something to do or I, I, I just need something in the background. I'm watching TV, but I need to have some chips to watch TV because if not, then what is life? Like, so I had to, yeah, yeah it had to dig deeper. And that's usually the case with fi like most of our financial flaws that we have are yeah. usually tied to something emotional. Yep. And my biggest habit for food, what, 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 for money spending was with food. Now, if I had to do a secondary one, it would be not necessarily keeping up with people, but pleasing people. I would spend money to please the people around me. Yeah. I was buying stuff for friends or family members because they wanted it or needed or showed an interest in it. It was like, oh, don't worry, girl, I got you. Or, you know, family member calls say, hey, I need. My answer is usually yes. Even if I can't, I'm going to figure out a way to squeeze to take care of them. And it's like, well, what emotionally is deeper that I can't say no? no to them or sometimes no to myself right so one more quick one more question about like or you know you get into your poor financial decisions did you have support around you like people being like you know you working on that don't do it or was it just you just having to do it by yourself let me tell you that my best friend is a gift and a curse <laughs> um, she will check me when i'm wrong in an instance when i tell you uh, and I could be, you know, I'm going out and driving and I'm pulling up to McDonald's, getting ready to get me uh, a 10 piece nugget meal or whatever. And she calls, she's like, hey, what you know? She hear the speaker box in the background. I thought you said that you wasn't spending up. And I'm like, you're right. Now I got to pull off. I got to mute the phone so she can hear that I'm ordering food. So like I'm sneaking and it's like, okay, I got to get right. Because she's telling me, you know, she's on my side and she's pushing me or she'll say, just, you know, you don't want to cook for one person. I'll cook come to the house and eat with us, you know, eat with her husband and her family and stuff like that. So looking out, like I do have people in my corner who look out and I think that's important because mm -hmm. if not, then not everybody has that. And then if that's the case, you have to have a strong will and discipline and yep. understand that you're making better decisions for you. Definitely. Absolutely. Definitely. Okay. So uh, I know we kind of got a little personal with you. Thank you for being uh, open with us. Yeah, if you could list out, the main step, in your opinion, to begin the road to financial healing, what would it be? The main step to begin the road to financial healing is to realize um, that a lot of things are habitual. 
and you know a lot of our, our spending habits that are tied, like I said tied to emotions are um, from what we were taught or what we might have even adapted to and, and taught ourselves and so I would want people to understand and remember that nothing in nothing out nothing on so if there's nothing in you nothing can come out of you and nothing can go on to other people so if you especially those with children and families what is instilled inside of you those habits that you have financially or not that's what is going to come out of you that's mm -hmm. what your family is going to see that's what they're going to learn and that's what's going to stick onto them that's the impact that you're going to have on their lives so um we have to educate ourselves we have to learn more about credit and about financial well-being and good money practices um because our parents only taught us and gave us what we knew and since we're in now the position to pass on information we need to take it upon ourselves to absorb as much of that good information and not just scroll and watch shade room and all those other things but youtube and google are the number one and the number two platforms uh search engines in the world and they're mm -hmm. free Yep. So everything that you need to know about credit, everything that you need to know about investing, you can find if you just Google search it or watch some YouTube videos. So we need to put that information inside of us so that when we have kids, we can then say, no, 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 this is what you need to do um, so that our children graduate high school with 700 credit score or go off to college with, you know, with decent credit score so that they can be afforded more things. So I would definitely say um, that what you, what you put inside of yourself is what comes out of you, what you feed yourself and feed your mind is what you feed others in turn. Yes, most definitely. That's a quotable. <laughs> so we usually like to wrap up our episodes with like takeaways for our listeners. Do you have any takeaways for our listeners? Or any homework for them? Homework, yes. So um, my homework for anyone who is listening is to immediately go home, download the personal capital app <laughs> or <laughs> mint.com, whatever one you prefer, and track your spending. If you don't, if, you know, if not the app, if you want to go the old fashioned way, you can just get your bank statements and go through your bank statements and highlight everything that you spent your money on that was not an important necessity, that was not a bill or groceries, you know? And then when you look at, when you hold that paper bag, you see how many lines you highlighted that was clothes and shoes and snacks and things like that. Just adjust from there, right? Um, I was reading something the other day that said the easiest way to blow $10,000 in one year is to spend $27.39 a day. Oof. girl that is nothing i can blow through that twice over right so <laughs> <laughs> that's just simply saying oh i'm going to get my nails done today then tomorrow you might go out to lunch with a friend then the next day you out getting drinks and mm -hmm. next thing you know you do 365 that's ten thousand dollars that's a down payment that's mm -hmm. paying off a car or a down payment on a house yep. or something decent towards one of your kids college funds you know what i mean and so it's it's we have to figure out what those habits are and then learn how to discipline ourselves to re readjust and reset. So the homework, get the app, it's gonna disrespect you when you see that pie chart. <laughs> but you know, it's corrective criticism. So just take it, enjoy it, learn from it and grow from it and you know, and heal from it, most importantly. Yes, most definitely. Thank you so much for even like coming on. Like this is a conversation that we need to have. I mean, it's super important and so, getting this conversation going. I hope that it even continues and people listen to this and then they carry it on with their friends and their family because it's needed. Yeah. Of course, of course. It's more than a pleasure to be here. Yes. Anika, do you want to add anything? Um, yeah, I think that this this topic will have to be broken down into like a few different um, a few different episodes for sure because I know I want to get into like taxes, right? Um, <laughs> get credit scores and I think that 
it's all like levels. So I think this is the perfect level to start at because it's looking at your present, your finances right now before we can actually even get to these next, you know, these next episodes with the other topics. But um, I think this is a great start. Yeah. Yep, most definitely. So thank you so much for your time. Of course, y'all. It has been more than a pleasure. I enjoyed speaking with y'all and I want y'all to continue helping Black women heal with all your amazing topics and the vibes and the energies that y'all put forth and the thought-provoking things that y'all encourage us to to reset and achieve. So, uh, yeah, y'all are a blessing. Continue to be that. Thank you so much. So, this episode is so important. And I'm so glad that um, Shaquilla reached out to us. It was something that me and Myra, we kept talking about and we kept like trying to figure out how who we can get on here. And we do recognize that it's going to take some time to kind of dissect this topic because we want to give you all the most helpful information on you all's financial healing and journey. But this is the perfect start, like I said. So we hope that you got some, some tips from Shaquilla. And um, I'm just going to kind of share some things that, kind of were, were resonating with me. So as far as financial healing, I did. I was so scared of not even just money, but I think for me it was the credit piece um, that I didn't get any type of anything until I literally maybe like three years ago, I got my first credit card. And um, yeah, I just been building on it. I've had to really like do my own research. Like Shaquille was saying, YouTube, Google, also talking to uh, if you're on a college campus a lot of times they have financial advisors that you can actually speak to to give you tips um talking about credit and budgeting and all those things so like take advantage of it right now i am in a financial um uh, book club in inglewood our la area and it's through um an organization or a group called cash is clean cash uh, is is spelled iz and so they're on like facebook and um, instagram if y'all do want to follow them i believe it's at cash is clean and so i've been going for about this is like the third book we're reading and it's helped me so much y'all the first book that we read it encouraged me to ask for a raise at my job and I didn't get it at first. <laughs> they told me to hold on, but I got it like literally a couple months later. Yeah. And I would have never asked if I did not read this book. Um, so I'm gonna tell y'all the book we read it right now. The book we read right now is called I Will Teach You to Be Rich by Ramit Sethi. And I'm just starting, I ain't gonna lie. But the book is like super broken down. Uh, it just, he gives you, it's like easy to read and he gives you like realistic points. So it's not like he's telling you, you can't do anything with your money. I giving you these unrealistic, like, oh, put your money here. Next thing you know, you got a million dollars. It's realistic. So I like, I like this book and um, I encourage our listeners to utilize. If you're not a reader, you can get the audio. Um, but yeah, you really got to take hone in on your own growth and really <laughs> food for me is also I know that's I, I don't even got looking at my bank statements um even though I look at them all the time but I don't even have to I know that food is the number one spender for me because I do like to eat and that is most definitely a comfort for me that I'm working on 
but overall i've still been able to you know figure out what needs if i want to eat i create a budget for it so that's my little rant what you got to say uh well i'll share something related and not related to the episode um so for me to build my credit score back up what i do is i just created a credit karma account and i follow every little suggestion that they had and originally my credit score, I don't care about sharing. It was like five something. And I just kept following like their suggestions. And then I hit up to 700. So literally, like I was just following any little tidbit thing that they said, consistently checking um, whenever they send me an email, like, hey, your credit score changed. I will always check it, follow every little detail that they suggested, suggested. And then from there, my credit score, like I said, went to a 700 from five, it was like 520, like something ridiculously low. So I suggest checking that out. I didn't do all the extra stuff that people suggest, which I, that probably helped it grow faster, but I just literally just follow Credit Karma. Um, but with the state of like what's going on right now, I just want to give like suggestions of things to do while you're at home or things to watch. And so uh, it's a little interesting, but I don't, if y'all haven't seen it, I would suggest watching Love is Blind. Um, you'll get hooked into watching it. It's like a dating experiment and you can't see the other person that you're dating and just the way like the show plays out, it's really good. You'll be hooked. Um, I've been looking for some other stuff to watch. Uh, I've been watching on my block, even though it's a kid's show, whatever, I watch it. Um, yeah. And then getting back into like reading books and stuff like that. Cause I know like where I am, a lot of things are shutting down. So everybody's pretty much spending time at home and my job is transitioning into us being at home too. So I'll be looking at stuff to do outside of work. Um, but also another tip, if you're someone who struggles to work at home, you have to do run your day as if you are in the office. So if you get up at 8.30, you get dressed, you go to work, you're there at nine, you got to do the same thing at home or else you won't be productive. But if you're somebody who you're just naturally productive at home, more power to you. So those are just like my little tidbits. Watch those shows, read that book. Shoot, take some time and YouTube some stuff like our guest just said. Like if you have that extra time, um, make this time yours, shoot. You have mm-hmm. any suggestions of things for people to do? Um, yeah, no, disengage. Disengage is needed. Like it's not a bad thing. If you're a person who's on social media all day, that's fine, do your thing, but maybe even taking 30 minutes away from it are not even just social media but like news media outlets some people are really into like you know watching the news or even have alerts coming to their phone so maybe even just take a just take a few moments away from it because Mm -hmm. as much as we want to act like or say things don't affect us what you consume is affecting you consciously or unconsciously so just be mindful of that yeah All right, y'all. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode of Black Women's Healing Pod. We look forward to talking with y'all again um, in the following weeks. All right, bye.